Hey guys, welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Don here. Um, what I'm going to be uh, attaching here after this audio is actually our last webinar that we did uh, on all about foot and ankle arthritis. So kind of a recap, what worked well? Well, we had, I think it was about 50 or 60 people. We had 76 or so sign up and we had like 50 show up, which is the best best uh, show up, either because people have a lot of arthritis or because we did better at marketing. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about how we marketed it. Basically, it was on, it's Tuesday night right now. I sent it out on last Tuesday. I sent out my initial email on Tuesday with my video newsletter that I send out uh, once a month. And then I also sent it out on Monday. So I sent it out basically seven days and then one day before and then I sent it to Podiatry Practice Mastery, um, my list, like a, just the same day because I had about 16 spaces still open. I probably, it, it, it limits at 100. I've never really made it to 100. Um, I'm thinking about switching to the webinar version, but I'm just too much of a tightwad to pay for that. It, it does cost a little bit more to do the webinar, but because here you can see people's faces, it probably breaks a little bit of HIPAA. <laughs> with it but uh but it's done so what were the good things and the bad things the good was the 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 good number of people we have we had two doctors i recorded dr feldman again which worked really well with him doing his initial talk and then the other all three of us were were live that worked well uh worked well via zoom because we can never get this many people in person we don't have a venue so this is really making it easier for us to do talks virtually on really any topic um I think those are the good things. The bad things is I think we messed it up again in terms of showing the slides. I, I didn't know I wasn't showing the slides. And then once I show them, when it records it, it has kind of a weird way of of showing the video, like with people's faces. I, I'd like to eliminate that. If I, you know, I bet, I bet you if I actually paid for one, I wouldn't have to do that. But I like it because people can see each other. So you can see how many people are there. Uh, I guess another option that might be even easier would we could be we could stream it to YouTube. Um, as I'm thinking about that now, I could use StreamYard and just have us three doctors be there. And then what we could do is we could just stream it to YouTube so people can watch it whenever they want to watch it. And then we could do it live on StreamYard. I might try that next time. The problem with that is that there's really no interaction with one, with anyone. Um, there is a potential, though, with StreamYard, people can put comments in YouTube. So basically they could put comments in there and we could answer. They couldn't talk but they could put comments in there. So I might try that next time. But other than that, it went well. Um, and now what I'm going to do with the post-production is I, I'm going to send it out next week. I'm going to say, hey, if you missed our webinar, here's a copy of it. You can watch the replay on our blog. I'll put it up on my YouTube. Um, and then, you know, I did one time I divided it into each individual section. It wasn't really worth, worth the money to do that. So I'm not going to do that. I, I tried that one other time. And then we're also going to put it in our arthritis section on our on our website. So on our and when we talk about arthritis, we have this so people can look at this on arthritis. Okay? So those are the thoughts. Um, I'm gonna include here the audio from it. Sorry if it's ups and downs and things like that, but you might want to listen to it. You might not. Okay. Thanks guys. And I'd like to welcome everyone here to the the Central Massachusetts Podiatry Foot and Ankle Arthritis uh, talk. Uh, if there's any questions, you guys can put it in, in the chats. And at the end, we might have a chance to answer some questions, but 13 of you gave us questions before. So we have a lot of questions to go over at the end. Want to thank everyone for joining. I'm here. My name is Don Pelto, and I have Dr. Samuel Kellner. He's there. And Ben Saviot. Say hi, guys. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Ben's hey, running. thanks for coming, everybody. And uh, we'll try to respect your time. I'm hoping we'll do it around 45 minutes or so, and we'll go through all of this. You don't have to take notes. This will be all on our blog afterwards, the video, and, and some different notes and things like that. Uh, can everyone see my screen? Can you guys see my screen as we start? Yep. yep. Hi, Dr. Pelto. It's Pearl. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Can you guys all see my screen okay? Yep. Okay. Well, we'll get into it here. I want to give a little lay of the land of what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to do a little welcome. Dr. Feldman, who couldn't join us, he recorded a nice little video uh, of what causes foot and ankle pain. Dr. Kellner's going to talk about the imaging, x-rays and things like that, MRIs. He'll also be talking about shoe modifications and orthotics. I'll be talking about non-surgical treatments and bracing. Dr. Savvy will talk about regenerative treatments and surgical treatments. And then we'll have a, an opportunity for questions 
but we have a lot of questions to go through. So once again, we're, we're happy. We had about 76 people sign up. Usually we get about half of that right now and then half will watch it afterwards. So we're excited to have all of our patients that are interested in learning these things. First of all, we're gonna hear from uh, Dr. Dr. Feldman here, okay? Can everyone see my screen? I'm trying to share my screen here. No, you need to share. No, you're not screen sharing yet. Ah, uh -huh. no, no, thank you. That's what I was wanting there to know here. Okay, can you guys see it now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hi, everybody. Thank you for uh, for joining in. I'm um, actually videotaping beforehand because um, I'm going to be away uh, during the seminar, but I hope you get a lot of good information. Uh, from all of us uh, tonight, and you'll be able to see this at a later recording uh, or later date as well. Um, we're here to talk about arthritis, and um, arthritis is an extremely common problem that we see every day. And uh, you know, when we see arthritis or when our patients come in with arthritis in their feet, they're complaining of symptoms, but that is not when arthritis begins. Most people equate arthritis to, to pain and arthritis and pain are not the same thing. You can have arthritic joints that you have no awareness of, and you can have arthritic joints that are really painful. Um, we're obviously seeing the people that are having pain or having issues from arthritis. Arthritis can, you can have swelling, you can not have swelling, you can have bone spurs, uh, which occur when two joints sort of rub together in a way that they're not designed to rub together, and bone sort of builds up because of extra pressure that happens in people's spines, hips, uh, ankles and, and all of the foot joints. Uh, some of the older people might see it in their knuckles too, with their knuckles enlarging. Um, those are all types of what's called osteoarthritis. Then there's a whole other group of arthritic problems, um, which are systemic arthritic uh, conditions, such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, um, gout would be a systemic arthritis. Uh, there's, there's many different uh, types, scleroderma, um, Sjogren's disease, Reiter's disease. There's um, uh, Paget's disease. There's um, there's many many conditions that um, that can affect us systemically as well. But really, we're here to talk mostly about osteoarthritis and uh, the other words, otherwise known as wear and tear arthritis. Um, it's a non-inflammatory condition. You can have inflammation, but it's not a process in the body that. Um, produces natural inflammation, um, such as the systemic arthritic, arthritic processes. But in order to really truly understand arthritis, we have to go back in time because when you develop symptoms, it's much, much further down the road from when the symptoms developed. Um, behind me, we have some uh, little charts that I like to show patients. Uh, we have uh, the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization charts, it's our DNS, and basically, up on that side, it's a baby being born. The whiteboard is sort of um, cutting off just one month of development, but that newborn baby or that three month old baby goes from there. And then this baby at around a year old has earned the right to walk. And they earn the right to walk because they went through these developmental steps and their bodies learn the different processes of movement, which is, um, which is how it's supposed to work. We are born with everything needed to be a fully functioning um, adult. We are born without shoes. We are born without support underneath our feet. And it's, um, it's a really important uh, thing to understand that, you know, we have all the tools necessary to succeed in life uh, from how we start. You know, if you have a knee problem or a hip problem or a shoulder problem and you go to a doctor, they're going to send you to a physical therapist maybe, and the physical therapist is like, well, we need to support these structures, so let's, let's strengthen the muscles surrounding to get you better. But if it's a foot problem and you go to a foot doctor or you go to a therapist or you go to a shoe store, they're going to say, well, let's get you into a new shoe or let's give you more support. Um, why not? strengthen the foot? Why not strengthen the arch? Why not allow the foot to actually be a little bit more able to do the job that you're asking it to do? Um, but again, it's really important to understand kind of where we start and where we're at now. Because at some point between this and between where all of us are at now in our lives, something changed. So our intended movement has changed. We put shoes on our feet at a very young age, which really ruins the development of our feet. We go from having feet that uh, with toes that spread and can actually be useful for balance and stability to, to toes that are kind of squeezed in. We, 
lose some of the nerve endings and the sensation that help us with balance and stability. Um, then we start sitting. We sit in chairs, which ruins um, our ability to stabilize our core, which is the belly. I'm a little too short for the video. Um, but we really need to be strong in the middle so that we can, we can move our upper extremity and our lower extremities in the manner it's intended. When we lose the stability in the middle, we're going to have to rely on our feet to do more than what they were supposed to do. And if our feet are already at a disadvantage by being in shoes and losing some of the strength and stability that they were supposed to develop at a young age, then they're going to at some point start to fatigue and struggle as well. Um, this is a really important concept to, to understand um, if you really want to understand arthritis and why you have it. And I have to explain all the time that just because you have pain on a Wednesday doesn't mean the problem started on a Tuesday. It might have started on a Tuesday, but decades ago. So I, I have this little um, um, graph I like to show people um, that sort of explains um, what I'm talking about. So if we have two axes here, we're gonna call this um, dysfunction. And my, my penmanship is dysfunctional, I apologize. So this is movement that's not as it should be. This is movement that isn't perfect. Um, so when you see somebody walking down the street and they have a limp or one shoulder's higher than the other, or they just, they kind of look like they're working a little too hard, that's dysfunctional movement. And this would be um, age. So we are born here, we're no age, and we have no dysfunction. And at some point towards the end of our lives, we're gonna be over here. And I'm gonna draw a line right through here, and I'm gonna call this my symptom line. So as we get older, we're gonna track on a trend that is more dysfunctional and older. If we have an injury, we might pop over this line, which I'm gonna call my symptom line, So anything over this line, you're gonna feel symptoms. We'll call it pain. Anything below the line, you're gonna be blissfully ignorant of anything that might be wrong with you. So we like blissful ignorance here. We like you to have problems, but not know about problems. It'd be best if you didn't have any problems, but um, we're all gonna have problems because we all live uh, a life and we're active and we do things that are probably not advantageous we're gonna wear shoes because we wanna wear shoes because we have to wear shoes, especially living in New England, but we wanna look a certain way. We're gonna have uh, injuries along the way. We're gonna live life. We're gonna sit, we have to sit. We're gonna do things that are problematic. So understand that dysfunction is gonna happen, but our goal is to get you below this symptom line. So if we move very poorly, very quickly, we're gonna be way above the symptom line. And if you try to ignore it, and don't do anything to make it better, you're gonna hover up to here. Our goal is to get you back down. The more work you do to improve strength, stability, proper shoes, proper habits of everyday life, and to remove some of the dysfunction, the lower below the symptom line you're gonna get. And that's our goal is to educate you and give you the tools to have the awareness that a lot of this is up to you and where you are on this graph is, is up to you and the work that you put in. And we'll guide you and we'll help you along the way. Some people need surgical procedures. Some people need interventions to help get them below. And um, again, we're gonna go over that with you and we're gonna do the best we can to help you. All okay, right. that was a, a, a great intro by Dr. Feldman. Uh, talking about the, the overall symptom line, and that's the key. And we're going to kind of start now. Dr. Kellner is going to go a little bit over the, the imaging. Go ahead, Dr. Kellner. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I just want to cover some basic things, what we're looking at. Um, anyone that's coming in with foot pain is almost guaranteed to get some x-rays to start. Um, at the left image, that's our little x-ray machine that's in our Westboro office. Um, and then I'm just going to also touch upon um, ultrasound and its, its use in arthritis and um, advanced imaging like MRI. <clears throat> um, so this is uh, actually just copied from our, our last webinar, which was on big toe arthritis, and just kind of showing um, a, a range of what a normal big toe joint is there, and then um, the progression of arthritis. Of course, these are different feet, but essentially a mild, moderate, and 
severe cases of arthritis. And you can see the, you know, the joint space narrowing, the amount of uh, extra bone growth that, that grows around the joint, and <clears throat> um, especially the, the density um, of the, of the, um, of the bone, how it becomes much more white. That's, that's dense um, scar tissue bone. I call it sclerotic bone. So, um, for this, this is kind of what we were talking about with midfoot arthritis, um, just kind of the middle of the foot. Um, people generally come in with like top of the arch pain. That's, that's usually what the symptoms are. And there might be some bumps on, that have formed over the years on top of their arch. Um, so on the left side, we can see the nice open joint space with those arrows and then on the, on, on the right picture, um, how the, uh, again, joint space is, is lost and you can see that it's bone on bone. It's very arthritic and that is probably bound to hurt or may not, but if you're coming in for it and we see that, that would probably be a likely source. Um, and to touch on now moving further back into the, I call hindfoot arthritis. Um, um, on the left is just a nice normal x-ray, nice open joints all around and a little um, bony anatomy as well with um, everything. And if you look, there's where he, where that red dot is between the talus and the calcaneus. Um, we call that the subtalar joint. And that is often a common source of what we call hindfoot arthritis. Um, and then on the right image, we can see what can happen to that joint. Um, this is essentially like a, a collapsed flat foot and uh, a very arthritic subtalar joint. Um, so it's not, it's, it's right below the ankle. The ankle could move very smoothly, but you, but the arthritic pain is actually coming from the subtalar joint. <clears throat> and then moving on to the ankle joint. Um, on the left, it's a nice open, normal looking ankle joint. I think of it as like three quarters of a, of a trapezoid. Um, it should be even and congruent all, all around the joint. You shouldn't see any little bone spurs projecting in. Um, compared to what a very arthritic ankle joint looks like, um, probably probably 95% uh, closed off at this point, very, probably almost no range of motion and certainly would be very painful. <clears throat> um, ultrasound imaging, um, again, this is, this is a big toe joint and just showing what we see when we use an ultrasound. Um, you can see where the skin surface would be at the top of the image. Um, and you can see the uh, kind of the longitudinal axis of the bones and, and the space between the bones where that red arrow is. Um, ultrasound imaging, it could show me effusion. It could show me signs of like gout. Actually in this image, that little white arrow is pointing to a uh, it's called a double line sign, which is like gout, um, but also for like midfoot arthritis and sometimes hindfoot arthritis, um, ultrasound is very useful um, for a guided cortisone injection. People come in for very severe symptoms um, and need some relief pretty much right away. Um, this can ensure that we get the needle right into the joint with ease. I don't like to poke around <laughs> and guess if I don't have to at least. Um, MRI imaging, this is what a uh, essentially normal MRI is um, of the foot. And there's, a, there's an, another image to follow the, of the what's abnormal. Um, this is more abnormal. Again, looking at just what midfoot arthritis would be, look like on x-ray, you could just see the, the, the whitening and inflammatory fluid around the joint and the whitening of the bones. There's a projection of the bone spur on top. Um, MRI is not routinely ordered by any means. We usually can see what we need to see based off an x-ray or maybe an ultrasound. Um, but maybe for uh, cases where you're not sure or want to confirm it's arthritis, it's not something else, or if there's an old fracture and you want to evaluate for like surgery or fusion, whatnot, um, MRI may be ordered. Um, just to get into the next step, the, we're talking about shoes and then orthotics. Um, just like there's um, detailed anatomy of the foot and ankle. There's also detailed anatomy of a shoe. Um, so it's just kind of a quick overview of everything and what we're looking at in the shoe and um, what we can change or, or suggest what to look for in a shoe um, um, when you go shopping and or you know, trying to steer you in the right direction. Um, just to touch upon what Dr. Feldman has said earlier, um, less is more in terms of support. Um, you know, as we're born with our, our natural um, 
foot mechanics and, and we lose it over time by the, the shoes that we wear, um, that, that changes things, it changes the strength of our feet. Um, but so going for the least support necessary is kind of my targeted goal. And that's kind of based on many factors, the patient, the level of arthritis location and so forth. Um, but just to look for um, things to support arthritis when you're kind of in that end stage type of pain and not sure where to start, this is probably the best place to do that. Um, a firm heel counter, um, looking at the top right image, there's that heel counter rigidity. Um, so it's kind of just feeling the sides of, of the heel um, should be nice and firm that can help control um, an abnormal uh, heel position, especially abnormal forces like um, abnormal pronation or, or supination, which is the opposite of pronation. <clears throat> um, a stiff midfoot shank, um, when it comes to support, think of stiffness of, of the sole of the shoe. Um, and that can easily be determined by like the shoe bend test. Um, the, blue sh the blue sneaker bends nice and easily through the, through the midfoot and the, suppose the orange, which does not bend. Um, if there's stiffness, that's more of a rigid um, lever arm that you can propel yourself forward. And then for really bad arthritis of either probably the ankle or big toe joint, um, you're looking at a, a rocker bottom shoe. Um, and that's essentially uh, just to allow you to roll forward on the bottom of the shoe instead of rolling through all the um, painfully arthritic joints. Custom orthot orthotics uh, definitely have a strong role in, in stabilizing um, foot mechanics. Um, number one is to correct what's abnormal, um, abnormal pronation, resisting abnormal pronation forces through, through the heel is important. Um, we can, depending on the level of arthritis, we can, we modify the orthotics. Not all orthotics are made the same. We, we customize them for a reason. We can make changes to them, um, subtle things, but we can do that in a way to either enhance range of motion or restrict range of motion based on, you know, patient needs. Um, and again, with that provide cushioning or rigidity. And cushioning is more like accommodating uh, deformity versus rigid could be, is actually more generally more functional. Um, and then again, just to show different types of modifications um, on the left images are two different types of arch reinforcement. Someone maybe with like midfoot um, arthritis and needs something that's really just gonna make full contact and evenly, evenly distribute pressure on the bottom of their foot. Um, and on the right images are two different ways for big toe joint arthritis. Um, how, to, how we might manage that. Um, the, the, the one that the orthotics kind of blue and white, that's like a first, it's called a first right cutout and a cluffy wedge, um, which is a way to enhance motion in the big toe joint if it, it's able to move versus that bottom right image that has that black um, <clears throat> extension, it's called a Morton's extension. And that's actually just a stiff, um, Usually, I, I usually, usually use like a carbon fiber plate there and that will just like restrict all range of motion in the big toe joint and just not allowing it to move. If it doesn't move it, it won't hurt. Okay, thank you, Dr. Kellner. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the non-surgical treatments because a lot of our patients are able to get better without surgery. Uh, a few, Dr. Uh, Savvy is gonna talk about some surgical procedures but we're very good at, at, at helping you with, with shoe gear and with orthotics. And I'm gonna talk about some bracing. If you haven't heard about bracing, it's very effective as well. So just to start, uh, anti-inflammatories, those that have arthritis know that it helps. The problem is if you take too much of it, it can cause stomach issues, it can cause other types of problems. So when I'm treating someone for actual arthritis, anti-inflammatories don't do that well unless it's something that's just inflamed because of a, let's say an example, you wear a bad shoe or you do a little bit too much walking. You can do it for a short period of time, but I don't recommend uh, a long-term treatment of arthritis with anti-inflammatories. Once again, the same thing, if you're having a, a, a we call it like an acute attack of, of gouty arthritis or of some type of, of foot pain due to your arthritis, you can calm it down with icing, we're, we're big advocates uh, of something called a contrast bath. And basically I kind of equate it to resetting your computer 
at home, you, you do a, a ice bath hot, a ice bath cold, then hot, and then cold. You do five minutes, five minutes, and then back to five minutes. And that can help kind of swell it up and then calm it down and reduce the inflammation. So it's effective, but once again, it's not a permanent answer for arthritis. It's, it's a way to make it feel better, better if it's inflamed a little bit. Um, as Dr. Feldman talked about, strengthening everything around the area of arthritis can be helpful with physical therapy, with there's some um, types of uh, exercises called short foot exercises. It really depends on the location of the arthritis and the severity, but doing some type of strengthening through physical therapy can help. Now, be aware though, if you do too much movement in a joint that's hurting, it's actually gonna make it worse. So unlike other types of physical therapy, the more you move a joint that's arthritic, it, it tends to have more pain to it. So you have to be careful. I've had some people that have joint pain and they just do a whole bunch of stretching and exercising and bending it. And then it hurts a lot more. It's because you really don't want to do that. A lot of times we'll use other types of modalities, maybe like a compression sock. We have something called a plantar fascial sleeve to reduce the movement and help with some compression for the swelling. We'll do a wrap around the foot. We'll tape the foot. A lot of the focus is actually on moving the area less. One of our big go-tos, as Dr. Kellner talked about, is cortisone injection. And you know, prior to a couple of years ago, we were we were doing cortisones. We call it blind, and and that's how we've I did it for the last ten or fifteen years that way. But now that we have ultrasound for certain joints, it makes it a lot easier. For example, those joints in the middle of the foot that we were talking about, those are a lot easier with an ultrasound. So you use an ultrasound. It shows you the joint, you inject a little bit of liquid, and we, we do it for diagnostic purposes, but as well for therapeutic. So for example, your foot has a lot of joints. And if we wanna figure out, well, which one is hurting, you can diagnose that by putting it just in one of the midfoot uh, joints, and that'll say, it'll feel better. And you'll be like, wow, okay, well, that, that's the joint. So if we need to either stop the movement with a brace or fuse it, that's how we can determine it. It's also good therapeutically, but I think it's a little bit different than the than the or our orthopedic colleagues that use it for the knee and the hip, and they're they're doing these let's say every three months forever. You know, we we tend not to do joint injections forever indefinitely. Uh, we tend to kind of move on to the next the next option, which would be bracing or surgical correction. Once again, we do a limited number. I, I do I don't do maybe three or more than three or four. Uh, this is just a, a, an image of doing an ultrasound guided injection. We take the ultrasound, put it on the foot, and we inject it right into the, the joint. Makes it a lot easier, especially in the past, you have to kind of just guess, is it here, is it here? So everyone turns into a kind of a pin cushion, but it's a lot easier with ultrasound guidance, especially on a gouty, like if you have a gout, a big red hot swollen joint, it's, it's better if you can get it the first time in versus poking that person that, that's really in pain. There are a couple of ways of stabilizing uh, the foot. The, the least effective is with taping or even with a compression sock. These can reduce some of the movement, but very minimal and you have to keep applying it. A little bit better option would be a, a boot, which would restrict the movement as well. These are, are all used temporarily. These are used if you're having some pain, if you overdo it, if it's painful, uh, temporary use of these is, is indicated. You're not going to use this the rest of your life. You're not going to tape for the rest of your life. I'm a big advocate of, of braces. So braces are basically, you do a cortisone injection on someone, or they've tried physical therapy, they've tried changing their shoes, they've tried an orthotic, the cortisone really helps them. Well, if the cortisone helps, it's because it calms down the inflammation in the joint. But what causes the inflammation many times is the excess movement. So the whole purpose of an AFO or ankle foot orthotic or this brace is to restrict the movement. And you can restrict this movement in different places or what we call it in different planes. The, your, the planes of your foot, they either go up or down or they go side to side, right? And so there's a couple of different types of, or back and forth. So there's different types of planes, but for example, if it's in the ankle, this bigger brace right here restricts the ankle joint movement and then your ankle's not gonna hurt. If it's in the middle of foot, this is gonna restrict the movement. If it's from its flattening out, this is gonna restrict the movement. These two are gonna restrict the movement. 
And these are made to wear. I have some patients that they get these and they only wear them like when they're mowing the lawn or they're going on a long walk. Otherwise they don't need them. But it, it does take a little bit of adjusting. You have to get a shoe that's about a half, half, half to a full size larger. Yeah, and it's, it's custom made for you. It, it lasts for a number of years, up to five years, and it's very effective. Uh, here's an example of one for ankle arthritis, like, like we showed in the picture, a lot of swelling, a lot of pain in this one ankle, you could put them in this brace and that would help to reduce the movement and many times help with the pain. There's a, a brace that if you only have the pain in the middle of the foot, we talked about that midfoot arthritis, this little brace right here just goes right around the middle of the foot and cups the heel and it reduces the movement just in the middle of the foot. So those are a couple of options if you've never thought about it, depending on the amount of arthritis. Uh, Dr. Saviot's gonna talk a little bit, you can go through the regenerative fast, uh, Dr. Saviot, and then get into the surgery. All right, guys, I'm Dr. Saviot. Sorry, I'm a little bit in the dark here. We're working in the home that's being worked on. So regenerative medicine, we've talked about in some of our other webinars. Um, regenerative medicine is really a space for soft tissue injuries or the early spectrum of injury. Um, it's not necessarily a Hail Mary um, in the early stage, but in this late stage with end-stage arthritis, um, it's really not particularly effective because there's so much substantial damage in there as one part of it. And then the other component of it is a lot of these regenerative medicine techniques rely on your own body to heal it. So if you don't have a ton of uh, what are called mesenchymal stem cells left in your body to rebuild tissue off of, well, you're going to have a hard, a hard luck situation here where you're not able to really get yourself much progress. So um, we use Shockwave in our office for a bunch of things. Um, I don't know that any of us really use it for um, arthritic conditions. Um, effectively, what it is is a, a, we're tricking your body into treating a chronic injury like an acute injury. So there's a couple different ways that shockwaves can be generated. Um, the image on the right, on the side on the right there is a radial shockwave device where there's uh, an impact caused by a bullet oscillating inside of the, the handpiece. And that creates a, a ripple effect through your tissues, um, almost like a, a drop in water. Whereas the other one is a, a focus shockwave machine. There's some okay, case reports of using focused shockwave machines for arthritic conditions. They really just treat the symptoms. And the way that machine works is very similar to a kid with like a magnifying glass and burning ants on the sidewalk. You're taking energy, you're consolidating it and focusing it at a thick distance to try to get a big response from those tissues. Um, none of it is heat energy. It's all physical um, force energy passed through there. Um, generating a response from your body. Platelet-rich plasma, uh, not a big fan of for this sort of stuff. Again, it's it's a cash service for for any time we use it, and there's not a ton of literature that supports it in in our practice. We use it for some other soft tissue stuff, tendon injuries and and the like. Um, similar to our amniotic tissue injectables that we use. Again, another cash service and incredibly effective for a lot of stuff. Um, if you have the resources and you're willing to try literally everything before surgery, then yeah, by all means, like this is something we do a lot of and we do it, it comes in a, such a small vial. We're talking about about a CC or one and a half milliliters of uh, one to one and a half milliliters of this liquid that we inject into, into an area. So we use that under ultrasound guidance, which is why we're so darn effective with it. Um, so more importantly, what I'm, really talking about here is with the end stage arthritic things there are or as as arthritis progresses that sometimes needs a surgical intervention um, this carries over from our uh how it's limited seminar here where we we're talking about the joints involved with big toe joint arthritis but anywhere anywhere where two bones come together you have a joint and inside there is cartilage and that cartilage is supposed to act as cushion and there's fluid in there too, which acts as lubricant. And anywhere where that cartilage starts to break down is arthritis. And there's a whole spectrum of that disease process where you have a totally healthy joint on one side going all the way to a totally unhealthy joint with no cartilage left. And somewhere along that spectrum, that 
that motion that you have left starts to become problematic motion. Early on, you want to try to preserve as much motion as possible and not damage the remaining cartilage of that. A lot of that comes with moving well. Um, but as things get worse and worse, the joint almost starts to try to fuse on its own. The bone production around those joints is really nature's way of trying to stop that joint from moving. So um, that's why at, at that end stage, just trying to remove bone spurs is not going to help you. You'll be taking a joint that has very little cartilage and very little motion, but that little motion is painful, and you'll be creating actually more motion through a joint that has no cartilage, which then becomes very painful. So at the absolute right, far right side of that spectrum with severe arthritis, sometimes we just finish the job that nature has started and we fuse the joints. We go in there, we take out the bone spurs, we get rid of the rest of the cartilage that's there, and we correct whatever positional deformities might be there, and then we fuse that joint in place and get solid bone-to-bone -bone positioning, which at the end is better because you eliminate that motion, get it to zero, and also get the pain down to zero as well. So this is sort of the spectrum of disease for big toe joint arthritis. This was a this is a pretty decent joint. You can see the joint space in the middle, but that joint has been dysfunctional for a while, so the bone has started to make a spur on the top, and that's impeding the motion. So in this case, we would go in there, we would knock off that bone spur, open up that joint space as part of treating the symptom, but overall treating the condition is you have to get that big toe joint to move better. So almost always in this situation, this person's going to physical therapy to move better. They're getting an orthotic to help them utilize that new range of motion in the big toe joint. And they're probably doing some exercises to distract that big toe joint and open it up a little bit. Um, other options for an arthritic joint, if you just have arthritis on one side and the position is good, Joint implants exist. Um, if the cartilage is banged up and, and pretty rotten, then this is a great way to sort of fill in a space and give you a little bit of room for that joint to keep moving and maybe buy you some time. Ultimately, these oftentimes end up in a fusion later, but we try to preserve that motion as long as possible. And this is obviously a severe arthritic big toe joint here. Um, no cartilage left in between that joint space huge bone production on both sides of the joint. So we just finished what nature started. We get rid of what's left of that cartilage. We fix the position. And then we also take down that huge bone spur on the top of his foot and make shoe gear much more tolerable and get rid of the big toe joint pain. Um, similarly, this is uh, a couple, I picked a couple horrific feet to show. Um, now there's a couple different things going on here. You have arthritis in the, the midfoot joints Don, if you could point out the second and third mechanism um, on both of these feet are really bad because of the underlying bunion deformities that were there. And these bunions allowed the foot to effectively, if you look at my hand, the first metatarsal would sort of float up in the air and that put additional motion through the second and third metatarsal and made them move in a way that they're not supposed to move. And then that damaged the joint until the point where they no longer function. So both of these patients had um, diagnostic injections that were kind of bought them through time. They were therapeutic as well and calmed the pain down for a while, but they both ultimately ended up needing surgery to fuse their midfoot and just eliminate those joints and eliminate the pain there. Um, as you move further back in the foot, you can have rear foot arthritis, as Dr. Kellner mentioned. Um, this was an arthritic subtalar joint and an arthritic talonavicular joint. If you look above that, though, a nice healthy ankle joint. So the images on the right also kind of show that the, the preoperative position of this foot explains why this person damaged their joint. Um, their, what's called their calcaneal inclination angle was decreased, so they're putting excessive force through that subtalar joint and through the top joint of their foot, the talonavicular joint. And over time, they wore out the joint space and they created some bone spurring and they had a lot of pain in those joints. So the way we fixed that for this person was we eliminate those joints and put them in a better position with what's called a, this is a double arthrodesis, it's a rear foot fusion, um, and then also a metatarsal cuneiform joint fusion to really stabilize the, the big toe side of their foot. And then the last part is ankle joint arthritis. Um, 
in some ways it's very similar to the big toe joint where you have options for just the clean out surgery, you have options for implants, and you have options for fusion along that whole spectrum of disease care. Um, I'm a big fan of intervening relatively early for the ankle joint. Um, this is something that we do through two tiny incisions arthroscopically. Um, this was a guy I did a couple years ago, um, really nice guy. You can see how much bone spurring he had the front, on the front part of his ankle joint. So we went in there with um, a burr and a chisel and two tiny little incisions on one on each side of the ankle there and go in, clean it all out, flush it all out. And ideally that buys somebody 10 years. Sometimes it buys them longer. And if you, again, if you treat the underlying cause of the problem with poor mechanics, then hopefully this stuff never comes back. Um, next step up from that would be something called an ankle joint implant. Um, these are not something that we have anyone in our practice that actually personally does, um, but we do have people in, in the state that we refer to for these. Um, ankle implants are fairly reliable these days. They're relatively straightforward. Um, they do pretty well for the most part, but there are limitations on activity and you have to be pretty careful um, with an ankle implant. So I tend to refer those out. If somebody is interested, then they can have that conversation with our colleagues that we refer to for those. Um, however, if somebody's at that point where they're thinking about an ankle implant, I'm usually in the conversation with them as well, talking about an ankle fusion. So. This particular guy had an old ankle fracture. He damaged his ankle severely. Um, and he had almost no motion in his ankle joint and any kind of motion there would hurt all the time. So the solution to that is an ankle fusion where you go in, eliminate what's left of the ankle cartilage and then fixate it in place in a perfect position for him. Now, obviously there are consequences to fusing an ankle joint. He no longer has the ability to bring his toes up towards his nose, but we put him in a rocker bottom shoe. He's very comfortable. He's a, a contractor, a laborer, a very skilled craftsman. So he's still able to do what he wants for work. He's not hauling around big sheets of uh, drywall anymore. He's leaving that for the younger guys, but he's much more stable and much more comfortable. Thank you, Dr. Saviet. That was a, there was some, a lot of screws in those. So a lot of hardware. <laughs> Well, we're going to try to stay on time here. We have uh, 13 questions. And then if you guys want to start typing any questions you have in the chat, if we don't cover them, we'll cover them. Um, the best supplements for arthritis. Now, I don't think foot baths are really going to take away your arthritis. So I don't really know a good foot bath. Ice packs are okay. Um, easy PT exercises. It, once again, I don't think physical therapy helps arthritis that much. I don't think there are supplements that really bad arthritis will be taken, but uh, anything else that you guys know? Any other supplements? I know there's typical osteochondroitin and stuff like that. Anything else? Nope. No, I, I, I just say can't hurt, might help. Can't hurt, yeah. might help. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of where I land on this. Is a lot of those supplements are, if you're uh, worrying whether you should make a car payment or you should buy your supplements, you should make a car payment. Um, there's really not a lot of data that demonstrates the benefit of most of those supplements and they're a huge industry. Um, yeah. Ice packs don't usually target the particular area all that well. Um, easy PT exercises, there are some things you can do with like distraction techniques. So if this is your big toe that's arthritic, you can just kind of tug on it. And what that does is it creates a, a negative pressure within the joint. And the joint usually produces a little bit more synovial fluid, which is that lubricant within the joint. Um, so sometimes you can trick it into giving you a little bit more um, cushion, liquid cushion, liquid lubricant. Um, I would say that a lot of the PTs would say that motion helps with a lot of the stuff to an extent, but motion has to be in the right way. Moving the right way helps. Moving the wrong way makes it worse. Good point. Are bunions a risk factor for arthritis? Uh, Sam, Dr. Keller. Um, yes, because it changes the position of the joint. I mean, bunions is um, rotational deformity where the, where the metatarsal rotates, you know, towards the inside of your foot and then the big toe tends to drift the opposite direction. Now that joint is 
um, articulating abnormally and usually find with chronic bunion deformities that the cartilage adapts and rotates off the head of the metatarsal and then when it comes to surgical planning it, it changes a lot of things. Um, so the, the joints altered and definitely, yes. Yeah. Short answer is yes. <laughs> uh, do repeat injuries to the ankle cause arthritis of the ankle? Definitely. Repeated injuries in anything, repeated ankle sprains, um, in terms of a direct fall on the ankle, things like that, they, they certainly can cause arthritis over time. Is arthritis worse in cold weather? Yes, arthritis is worse when it's gonna rain and when, it, when you're in cold weather, arthritis does hurt more. I have orthotics, can they change my foot and my pain? Uh, 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 Dr. Saviot, can they change the foot and your pain? I don't think they can change the foot, but I think they can help the pain a little bit. Well, they can help the pain, they can structure the foot. Usually with, with an arthritic condition, the goal is try to limit the motion through those painful joints that have less cartilage there. So in many folks who have big toe joint arthritis, they get, they get an orthotic that has a really rigid extension under the big toe joint. Um, somebody has midfoot arthritis, sometimes just a simple arch support or wearing a shoe that's a little stiffer in the midfoot will reduce some of that pain. Somebody who's got an arthritic ankle might help realign the position and get you to use what cartilage you have well, but different strokes for different folks. Every foot's a little different. Yeah. I, I talked a little bit about ankle braces. I do. Th I think ankle braces are, are very helpful for arthritic pain. Uh, doing a, a cortisone injection, going in a walking boot or an ankle brace or something else, either non-custom or custom, because there's some non-custom ones like just regular, if you sprain your ankle, they can help. But you know, it's hard to use those long-term because they wear out, but some people use them well for a long time. Now, does foot arthritis affect foot vascular condition? So does arthritis affect circulation? Um, that's kind of a loaded question. There are some real technical things called avascular necrosis and, and things like that. But I, overall, I don't think circulation affects arthritis that much. I don't know what you guys think. Do you have anything to say? Not particularly. Not on that. I mean, not really. Okay. Are there foot and ankle exercises? We did talk about some, so some of the foot and ankle exercises, Dr. Savia talked about like distracting or pulling out the joints. Those can help, but they don't help strengthen it. So strengthening the area around it would be more with physical therapy, I think. And short foot exercises, that's what they're called. What should I do about foot pain at night from arthritis in the ankles, toes, and arch? That's a, that's a loaded question. I think everyone has foot pain at night. Um, usually it hurts more at night because you're on your foot more during the day. So if you, if you do less during the day, you're going to have less mm. night pain, but icing, anti-inflammatories, uh, things like that. Some people like compression. Um, yeah. Um, what brand of shoes are good for arthritic feet? We try to stay away from brand names, but I think if you um, look at, uh, well, and you can have a copy of this lecture after some of the, some of the recommendations that Dr. Kellner made, something that's a rigid, stable shoe that doesn't bend, is a very good type of a shoe for arthritis, something that doesn't bend in the big toe joint. Buying new shoes every six to 12 months or every three to 500 miles, that's a good, a good uh, rule of thumb. I'm just kind of going through these. Uh, if the other doctors have something, I'll chime in, they can. Does the bending of the foot in driving negatively affect the foot and ankle arthritis? Repetitive motion, so repetitive on that gas, on that brake, yes, it can. Um, any positions, I've heard of Dr. Feldman recommending people putting a yoga block uh, against the door that's near them to kind of realign the hip and the knee. So he talks about doing that. And uh, can arthritis heal itself? Probably not. Do you guys have any other tips about position wise? Uh, I just usually tell folks to avoid anything that puts those joints in an extreme range of motion. So for big toe joint arthritis, Stop doing push-ups with your big toe dug into the ground. Don't do don't do the world's longest plank anymore because you're gonna you're gonna take that joint to an extreme range of motion and that's gonna hurt it. Um, same thing with the ankle. Don't take it to an extreme range of motion because bone is dumb. When bone hits other bone, it goes. That will make more bone. So then yeah. it starts to make more bone spurs and cut down on that joint space. So Dr. Savvy covered this, can surgery remove arthritic areas? Yes, it can by fusing it or just removing the spur on top and prevent recurrence. You can't really prevent 
but you can prevent the abnormal motion that causes it. How effective is foot surgery? I think it's very effective, very, very effective if it's done properly, um, but there's risks with anything. So you should talk to someone. It's really beyond our scope to talk about some of those exact procedures. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all of this is very your foot and your joint dependent. So if you're, if you have an issue, by all means, an, an x-ray answers a lot of questions. Sometimes a CT scan is necessary. Um, but we can answer a lot of questions with, an, with a, uh, getting our hands on you and taking an x-ray for the most part. Good. I'm going to be putting the, the play replay and slides on central on our blog. So basically centralmassapodiatry.com slash blog. Um, there are a few uh, things I'm going to read here uh, from questions that people asked in the chat. Um, I'll try to go through them quick here. Um, I know Jean Green is a, a nutritionist that's with us, and I think she talks about supplements and uh, uh, curcum, curcumin or, or collagen. Um, I think so, can help. I just don't treat it primarily with that. Um, how do you deal with extra bone creation on the top of the midfoot? We talked about that before. You can shave it down or reduce the movement with a brace. Um, there's other options beyond that as yeah. well, certainly beyond the scope of this conversation, but there's other things too. Inside the arch pain. Inside the arch pain could be arthritis, but a lot of times it's there's a posterior tibial tendon that can affect the inside of the arch a lot of times. Um, brand of shoes with a rocker bottom. Dr. Comfort has a good rocker bottom shoe. Um, ortho feet. These are both diabetic shoes as well. So or diabetic and things like that. Um, yeah, the, there's a question about, it's kind of beyond the scope, plantar fasciitis, Norton's wrong. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, uh, this is a good question, Dr. Saviot. If you've been told surgery is in the future, is it better to hold off as long as possible or just get it done right away? Yeah, so I, and for those who don't read, who haven't seen the chat below, um, sometimes it's better to intervene early because it might buy you some time and stop you from breaking down a little bit. Um, other times, if the joint's just trashed, you might, it depends how long you want to be in pain for. I've had people who say, well, this is stupid. I should have just got this done a decade ago. I've been miserable for, for eight years. And then I have other people that want to kick the curve kick the can down the road as long as possible. And there's no problem kicking the can down the road as long as you don't have other consequences from that. When you destroy another joint, when you compensate and get an Achilles tendonitis or hurt your knee or something along those lines. Good. There was a question about zero drop. That's a whole other conversation. Shoe gear, zero drop, minimalist shoes. If you have a really arthritic foot, it's gonna make the foot move more. So it'll probably be more painful depending on the severity of the arthritis. You know, a normal foot, I may say, try to strengthen it, plantar fasciitis, things like that, but it really depends on the severity of the arthritis. Um, and uh, as a gravity defier with a rocker bottom. Okay, that's what Dr. Kellner said. And uh, there was um, one other question kind of a, to us as the doctors about um, ankylosing spondylitis. Um, uh, he has gouty arthritis, injecting a painful joint other than injecting for arthritis, that's all I do is inject it. I put them in a walking boot and inject it. You could do a Medrol dose pack. I guess that would be the other thing that you could consider. So good, very good questions. Uh, all this information will be up on our blog afterwards with the video and the slides. And we wanna thank everyone. Thank you, Dr. Kellner and Dr. Saviot. And once again, the 70 people that were here tonight, this was great. Thank you guys so much. Hope it was beneficial. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank Bye, you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Thank you.